0: Hey there, this is Humble Yoke. I'm unpacking ways to learn more about yourself and understanding how you fit in the world because there's room for all of us here. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Humble Yoke. I'm Brittany and I'm the host around here. So today we're going to continue talking about the Enneagram and Specifically, today we're going to talk about the type 2. I had the chance to interview a couple of my friends, Jessica and Lauren, who align with the type 2, and I can tell you my life is better for having them in it. So I want to give you a brief overview of the type 2, and I'm going to do so from The Honest Enneagram by Sarah Jane Case. She also has a podcast called Enneagram and Coffee, and it is literally talking about the Enneagram. Um, So you should definitely go check that out and subscribe to it because it is awesome too. Um, The Enneagram is an amazing tool if you're not familiar with it. Um, It's basically just a way to tell you about people. It's not like personality tests because personalities will change depending on the environment and the circumstance. The Enneagram is measuring your core motivations, who you are at the very essence of who you are, and it's not going to change. It's just who you are. So what Sarah has highlighted for the type two is that they are the hidden warrior, but you have may, maybe even heard of it as like the giver or the helper. Um, it's known as something different depending on who is delivering the information. But, um, I love that she says that the two is a hidden warrior. Um, and you'll hear Lauren talk about that a little bit in the interview. Um, And just the way she points it out, I don't want to give you too much, but just the way she points it out, um, I couldn't agree more. Um, but for the type two, their basic desire is, um, they want to be liked and they, they want to know that people love them and they want to know that they're worthy of being loved. It's really hard for a two to express themselves and it's really hard for them to speak out, um, and say that they need to be loved or they need to be cared for. Um, because twos can see that as being selfish, although it's really not Um, But that's just kind of how a two sees it. So their basic desire is um, to be liked or to be loved. Their basic fear is um, that nobody will ever love them as they are. But, um, more information from the honest Enneagram, um, type twos are helpful, generous, warm, and loving. They learned somewhere along the way that love is earned through what they do for other people. They tend to see the world as a sea of emotional temperatures, picking up on the energy that people are sharing and then adjusting their own behavior to meet the needs, um, they perceive in the room. And that could not be more true about a two. Now, you can enter a room and not know anybody there. And the first person that comes up to you will likely be a two. They're going to be like, hey, there's plenty of room at my table. Why don't you come join me? And they're going to be very welcoming and make you feel like you have a place at that table. Um, And it's just their natural impulse to serve. Um, And they're not even really conscious that they're doing it. It's just who they are. Um, so Sarah Jane says she titled the type twos as the hidden warrior, because while they are kind and sometimes sweet, there's a fierce power inside them. It's not uncommon for the type twos to feel underestimated in the sharing of their kindness. They are powerful in service, and I believe they should be honored. That was the words of Sarah Jane Case. Um, There is a lot of information that I could tell you about the type 2 because um, they are one of the numbers on the Enneagram that just really... I'm most intrigued by that number. I'm a type one. Um, I won't unpack that right now. Um, you can definitely check out my previous Enneagram episode. Um, but to see what they do and to see the type of people that they are, it's something that me as a one, that's what I would love to be. I would love to be more, um, naturally inclined to understand someone else's feelings, um, rather than being so wrapped up in my own. Um, I hope that makes sense, but, um, for the type two, okay. Every number has a wingman, if you will, it's going to be the number that is on either side of them on the Enneagram. So for a type two, it's going to be a one or a three. And then where they go to in growth is going to be the, um, the healthy sides of a 4. And where they go to in stress is going to be the not-so-healthy sides of an 8. So that's a little bit about the type two. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce you guys to Lauren and Jessica. You're going to love this interview. There's so much information. And if you've been on the fence about whether or not you're a two, this is probably going to push you over. And if you have never tried to look into the Enneagram, I really encourage you to do so. Um, And hopefully, you know, you'll find some information through here that guides you to possibly being a type two. I think in our cultural climate in the United States, um, we need a little bit more twos to be brave and courageous and step up and say there's a better way. Um, So here it comes. Here is Jessica and Lauren, um, my two sweet friends that I'm so grateful to know. guys just popping in here really quick to tell you about one of our sponsors anchor podcasting that's right this is exactly what i am using to record this podcast so let me tell you a little bit about it if you haven't heard about anchor it is the easiest way to make a podcast it's totally free and there's even creation tools within it that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer it is super convenient and it is super user-friendly Anchor will also distribute the podcast for you. If you've ever done research on this, it can be really complicated to get it out there and produce it all by yourself. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you get your podcast from. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And that is also very unheard of. It can be really hard to attract some sponsors. It's everything you need to make a podcast, and it's all in one place. Download your free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, guys.
1: Back to the show.
0: All right. All right, guys. Welcome to Humble Yoke. I have Jessica and Lauren here who will be our Enneagram 2 interview. Hey, girls.
2: Hey, Brian. (laughs)
0: all right well we're gonna start off with some really stupid icebreakers because obviously nobody's ever comfortable like being on record so you guys just answer in whatever order you want to all right ready
1: yeah sounds good
0: okay Okay. if you had to create a slogan for your life what would it be
2: (laughs)
1: Um, oh my goodness, Lauren, I feel like you're so much better than this kind of stuff than I am.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just going to go with the easy answer and say what I call my business, which is simply joyful because awesome. That's what I strive to be, you know, (laughs) joyful and uh, positive. I don't know.
1: (laughs) That's perfect. That's such a good answer. I should have thought of that too, because I could have used my business. (laughs) <laughs> you, still, the same you still route.
2: can <laughs> you still can there are um, no rules
1: yes I mean I think if I had to come up with a slogan for my life it would just be um I mean it probably would be my business name too ever rooted like just ever rooted always grounded in the things that really matter to me
0: I 100% agree with both of you. That's, that's beautiful answers. All right. What three words describe you best?
1: <laughs> okay, I'll start, Lauren. I'll, I'm going to go with um, sensitive, um, caring, and calm
2: perfect. That is perfect. Um, I'm going to say positive, uh, energetic, and loving. Very nice. <laughs> I think that is accurate too. <laughs> That's perfect. Just you. to tell you, this is super uncomfortable for an Enneagram 2s to talk about themselves. <laughs> so thank you very much. <laughs> Oh, no.
0: I know it is. I know it is. Okay. (laughs) Candy corn. Nasty or delicious? The ultimate Halloween question. Oh, nasty. Nasty.
1: Super gross.
0: Yeah, they are very disgusting. (laughs) So I went to Walmart the other day, and I saw a bag of candy corns. And I swear to goodness, they had them for probably five years because they looked so disgusting. Like I didn't even think they could break down. But these were like deteriorating it was disgusting <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right cold weather or hot weather hot cold Edward or Jacob
2: oh,
1: oh Jacob for <laughs> sure
2: <laughs> I'd go Jacob as well oh my goodness see I'm team Edward
0: okay Captain America or Iron Man
1: oh Captain America for sure yes <laughs> Right. That's an Enneagram too. Like Iron Man is too, he's too harsh for, for a two, but he's funny. He is funny. But
0: so like, I don't know with Iron Man, like I'm feeling like he's a little eight and I feel like he's a little five. (laughs) I could be way off with that. And like, yeah, anyway, I don't want to get off on that tangent. (laughs) All right. Would you rather lose your phone or stub your toe? Toe.
1: I, mean, I think I'd <laughs> that's a hard for long term, short term, like in the long term, <laughs> I'd rather stub my toe, but short term, I'd rather lose my phone a little bit. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Awesome answers. All right. Now something a little more too specific. Okay. Would you say this is true about yourself? you will finish a thousand projects for other people before even getting started on your own. Oh, hands down. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Would you agree that you are the one at the amusement park with the snacks?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) The snack lady. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Now, would you agree that relationships are life? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Perfect. All right. Well, I hope you are a little more comfortable answering some answering some two specific questions. So, just briefly introduce yourself to the humble yolk community. Anybody can go
1: first. Lauren, you go first.
2: <laughs> All right. All right. My name is Lauren, and I am an enneagram too. i <laughs> I'm also a registered nurse, which is a very two profession. Um, And I'm a mom of two little kids, a six year old girl and a three year old rambunctious boy. Um, Yeah. And like I said earlier, I have a business called Simply Joyful Oils and that's what I do. I care for others day in and day out and um, (laughs) love it.
0: Awesome. Jess, how about you?
1: Yeah, I'm Jess. Um, I live right outside of Pittsburgh with my family. i originally from Virginia, but um, I've lived with my husband, Buddy, and my three kids. I have a seven-year-old boy, a five-year-old girl, and a one-year-old boy, so life is wild <laughs> for us. But um, <laughs> I'm a homeschooling mom, and uh, my business is, is Everrooted family. I have a homeschool lifestyle blog, um, and also like a natural wellness business as well.
0: Awesome. So how did you guys hear about the Enneagram?
1: I'm pretty sure Lauren told me to take the test. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it, it was it's kind of a hot topic right now, right? Um, yeah, but I heard a bunch of people were doing it. And I actually have a friend who wrote a book about it. And so I bought, oh, awesome. I bought his book and the rest is, is history, I guess.
0: What's the name of your friend's book? It's
2: called More Than a Number. Nice. Nate Bebo. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to have to look that up. It's a short, concise book. It's not as lengthy as some of the other ones. So that's why I gravitated towards it. Cause I could actually read it and finish it. <laughs> yeah. In a short amount yeah, of time. Yeah, that's everything. Yeah. It's great to pick up a book, but
0: the, the, the hard part is actually finishing it when you have children and mm-hmm. responsibilities and you have to keep all those people alive. So <laughs> finishing a book, that's like my bucket list item. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So when you guys discovered the Enneagram, like obviously this is something that travels like word of mouth most of the time. Like when you heard about it, like what intrigued you and how did you come to figure out that you were a type two and how did you react when you figured that out?
1: I think I like tests like this. Um, So when Lauren told me about it, I was excited because I think I like, um, I like stuff that gives you a chance to be sort of reflective about yourself. And so Mm -hmm. I like tests like this. And when I found out I was a type two, I honestly wasn't that shocked. (laughs) I identified (laughs) with that one when I was reading about them beforehand. But um, it wasn't a big shock, but I did feel sort of validated, I guess, in a way, when you're reading through some of the struggles that typical students have, just thinking that it's not just me, you know, that struggles with those certain things. And so it's really helpful, I think, just to understand yourself better, understand how to improve in certain areas of life, improve your relationships. So it was really helpful for me.
2: That's awesome. What about you, Lauren? Yeah, I mean, I've always been a people pleaser in nature. So when I took the test um, that went along with the book, it wasn't a surprise that I was a type two either. And actually, my husband is also a type two. So that was surprising. Um, Oh, but yeah, I mean, it made a lot of sense.
0: So now Jess, I know that you said buddy is a four Mm -hmm. and that's where a two goes in growth. How do you think that dynamic has been like a blessing and a curse in, in your relationship, like being able to tap into that level playing field?
1: Yeah, it's awesome uh, in a lot of ways because he um, has a lot of the personality qualities that I in a way wish that I had more confident in just being who he is and not uh, feeling like he needs to cater to other people. And so he's really encouraging to me in that way as mm-hmm. I try to grow my business and just personally too. just um, really encourages me to be who I am and not people please so much, but it, it can be difficult. And I, <laughs> I I've read this uh, in a couple of <laughs> places too, for a two and a four, um, you can almost become sort of really dependent on each other. And so I guess Mm -hmm. that's the one uh, hard part of that is that I am super dependent on him for advice and for (laughs) kind of steering me in the right direction, (laughs) which, I mean, I don't think for us is really a bad thing, but uh, I have had people tell me before that I I rely on him and like want to spend almost too much time with him um <laughs> which i could see from the outside looking in i don't think for us it doesn't feel like a bad thing but i think for some people think that it is I guess. <laughs> i'm people pleasing now no <laughs> <laughs>
0: no i i love your guys's dynamic i mean and like i like i've told you like with your whole family story like When I ever question where God is in my life and like why I'm in a certain place, I always look at your guys' story and I I just see God's handiwork all over it. So like, I just, I think you guys being who you are, like root ever rooted in who you are, like you're such a beacon of light to everybody around you and we're all better for knowing you. So that's awesome. I love that. That whole, like, kind of codependence, but in such a good way. So, Lauren, you and your husband being twos, how do you balance that? Because, I mean, sometimes, like, twos shut off their need for a
2: relationship. So how do you guys balance that? Well, it's really hard to make decisions on where (laughs) and what we're going to do for dinner. Um, Yeah, I mean we both tend to shut down when there's stress or times of conflict. So that's kind of difficult, but we've learned to try to communicate through that first, or we we know that about ourselves, that we have that those people pleasing tendencies. So I'm trying really hard to be more decisive and to be more open with, you know, how I'm feeling, what I need, um, being more vocal with it. So communication really is everything for a healthy relationship with us anyway. Um, well, I feel any relationship really, but definitely for a two and two together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So do you find like having to balance all of those situations, do you find that you guys have to kind of tone down the eight because that's where you go in stress? Or just because you're solid
2: and healthy in your two? do you balance that well? Does that it make does? Sense? I think it's more like we have to overlook the eightness when we're, when we're stressed. So, you yeah. know, knowing that it's not like not taking it personally, because I know that they're stressed, yeah. not because of me, but because of like outside factors or things. And that's how we're reacting um, and not taking things as personally. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: totally. I totally get that. So all of that being said, how does it feel when you guys tap into whatever you've discovered your wing to be, what you do when you're in growth and what growth and healthiness, if that's even a word, looks like for you guys? And then, you know, you guys go to eight and stress. What situations kind of play into all of that? And was that too much in one question? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's start with this how does it feel when you tap into your wing? So like, are you more into the one or are you more into the three?
1: Um, I think that I am more a one than a three (laughs) wing wise. Um, And I think that when I, Lauren and I talk about this sometimes. Um, We obviously work really closely together, do our businesses together, but Lauren is great when I need to be kind of in the zone and getting in the zone to pointing me to service-oriented things. So Mm -hmm. helping someone um, can sort of pull me out of a bad day and get me into my growth. And I guess the flip side of that, I can go ahead and answer that part too. For me, at least when I go (laughs) into the eight um, is where I think I really stick with that wing one is that I, I basically become like a hermit and I just go like into my own space and I kind of shut down humans in general. Like I just, um, I don't know, I just like kind of disappear so and I do like I I definitely do um get sort of like snappy with the people close to me which isn't helpful (laughs) um but that's when that eight (laughs) comes out when I feel really stressed um that does come out some never outside of my house which is terrible because there's people that I should never be that way with but I do get not mean but just in a way that I don't really talk as much so then they wonder, is everything okay? And they'll ask me if everything's okay a hundred times. And I am not really great at talking about myself and how I'm feeling. So I don't ever really go into that. And um, so, yeah, I guess that's how I fall into that eight. But when I'm in the, and I mean, when I am feeling stress and I go into that eight is how you see the wing <laughs> one is that I, the introverted quiet part of me kind of takes over and uh, and I just kind of stay to myself.
0: I can totally understand that. Like that's kind of how I handle stress as a one. Um, I just, I'm very reclusive. So I can totally understand that. What does it look like when you're at a very balanced level? So like going to your four, what does that look like for you?
1: <clears throat> um, I, I I'm, I think just love creativity. I So I think the creative part of a four fuels me in a way, whether that's writing or um, I don't know. I, I guess writing is my big thing, but just um, yeah, I guess when I'm feeling really balanced and level writing is usually the place I go to. So that creative part and being able to express myself with words is where I go. Yeah. When I'm feeling like balanced and kind of thriving with that sort service oriented part of it too, I like to write to people or write things that are beneficial to other people.
0: That's awesome. What about you, Lauren? So like, Do you do you find that you're more operating in your growth or that by owning a business and having your kids and all that,
2: it's been harder to juggle that stress of eight? Yeah, I mean, I tend to, when I'm in an unhealthy place, become a lot more unproductive and kind of stuck. Um, And I am I'm not sure if I'm I used to think I'm more wing one. But I do have some three tendencies when I'm in a healthy place, if that makes sense. So as a one, I always strive to do like the right thing, um, just like from my core values and things in my life. But when I am at a healthy place, I'm much more productive and I'm much more apt to get things done and have that more achieving mentality. So I don't know if that answers your question a little bit, but when I'm in a stressful, <laughs> in a stressed state um, and they have that tendency to go more towards 8 I'm exactly the same as Jess. Like I become more snappy with people. I'm more um, impatient and frustrated. Um, and like I said, I'm productive. And then in a more healthy, in a more healthy zone, I can focus more on my strengths and who I am and that uniqueness that comes from the four. Um, and I can, kind of find my jam that way. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no,
0: that's perfect. Great answer. <laughs> so all that being said, what does self-care look like for you specifically? Self-care is hard, girl. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I think like right now we have this culture that's saying, no, that's not right. No, 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 that's not right. Self-care looks like this, but it doesn't look like that. You know what I mean? And I'm just kind of like, I think it looks different for everybody. Jess, how do you do it?
1: Yeah, I think you are super right about that because there's this push to almost like glamorizing, I think, self-care in that it's all bubble baths and trips the spa. And I think for everybody, (laughs) it looks so different. And that's not always realistic for moms, especially if you're you don't have someone at home with you in the evening, you can't just, um, you know, always sneak away for a half hour in the bath when you're putting everybody to bed and you're exhausted at the end of the night. So for me, the season of life I'm in right now, self care is super basic. And for me, self care is making sure that I drink enough water every day, and yeah. taking supplements, um, making sure that I'm listening to my body, which is really hard, I think, for all twos, to, you know, sort of in a way, put yourself before other people for a bit. But just listening to my body and knowing when I need rest, and when I need to say no to other people. Uh, and, yes. you know, kind of <laughs> dial back on the commitment and that kind of thing. It's not a glamorous way to take care of myself, but it's really practical. And I think that's just the stage of of life I'm in right now with kids and homeschool. It's just the basics of making sure that I'm taking care of my body in a way that I'm strong enough and healthy enough to take care of other people around me. That's a great answer. Lauren, yeah, I mean, I completely
2: agree. I think as a two, we tend to care for everybody else and don't take time for ourselves. Um, and self care almost feels selfish for us. Um, so, forcing myself mm-hmm. to do those things um, that just said, or like just taking some time to myself to read or have like a date with a friend or a phone chat with a friend, and that is really energizing to me. Um, sometimes I feel guilty doing things like that for myself, but I know that it's really healthy and helpful um, to keep myself in a, in a good space.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So when you guys get to that place and you do feel balanced and all the things, what is something that makes you feel the most inspired because you're always given to everybody else. So I'm like, like, I think, this book, um, the honest enneagram that I've talked about a little bit. Um, I love that Sarah Jane Case says that the twos are the hidden warrior. So I'm just always intrigued with how a two becomes inspired because they're so others focused. What does that look like for you?
1: That's a really good question. <laughs> I I do in a way struggle with this a lot because it's really hard to find outside inspiration when you're a two, at least for me, Uh, Lauren and I have talked about this a lot. It's, it can be hard to find inspiration from others because there's a tendency to people please. And I think part of that comes along with comparison. And so sometimes when you try to find inspiration, uh, you end up feeling like you don't match up to the people that you're looking to for inspiration. So for me, I honestly try to find right now, at least inspiration from the people around me and what they're thriving in. So this might sound kind of silly, but like watching my kids find stuff that they're really passionate about and seeing them just go after it with no limits, no uh, self, like, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, no, <laughs> no limits on themselves, but also no confidence issues. They're just, they know what they want and they're just excited to go after it. I think that's probably the homeschool, <laughs> the homeschool mom and me speaking. <laughs> like, I think that's so inspiring is watching my kids go after things, but also my friends, like seeing you or Lauren or. Anybody um, that I'm close with, um, my husband, anybody really going after things and not being cautious because they're afraid of putting themselves out there, uh, that's honestly, at least right now, what gives me the most inspiration is just seeing people that I care about sort of going all in for the things that they really care about.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's a great answer. What about answer, answer? Jess?
2: (laughs) This was a hard (laughs) question. Um, So, I mean, what makes me feel like I'm when I'm my best self is when I can, I guess, help others in a healthy in a healthy way, and do things for them instead of like, um, feeling seeing that need or feeling like obligated to help people, but doing it from like that heart space and having the right intentions behind it, um, that's when I know that I'm I'm feeling my best and not expecting anything in return. But as far as inspiration, um, seeing others do that, like I know, like Jess inspires me just because she loves so selflessly all the time. And um, just like she said, seeing your friends or your kids or just doing things that they love and being themselves, I think that that's super important too. Knowing who you are and not being you know, ashamed to do it, like not being ashamed to love on others because you're a two. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. So that
0: being said, when do you guys feel the most loved?
2: I'll go first for this. Cause I think I like the um, <laughs> test about the love languages too. Yes, and I yes, always hated this, one. but I am a gifts love language person. And I'm also very close second acts of service. And I think that as a two, we tend to shower other people with gifts and do things for other people. But we real, I, I mean, I know for me, I really do feel that love when it's reciprocated or when it's done, you know, to me without being asked. So you feel seen and loved in that way. Yes. Oh, that's
1: great. I was totally going to bring up the love language. Yes! <laughs> too, <Lauren. laughs> um, I'm like completely different than Lauren though on this. And we actually talked about this in the, in our old Bible study group, but um, buddy and I are the same love language. And I feel like I don't know too. Not many of my friends are the same ones as me, but my top two are um, physical touch is my first one. And then, um, time like time spent and so for me this is gonna probably sound sort of lame but when like when my kids fall down and get hurt and they come to me for a (laughs) hug I feel super loved when like if I'm out in public with buddy and he holds my hand when like I just I'm like I like hugs um I like sitting with my kids and reading them books Um, I like when people want to spend time with me. So I think those are, those would be like just people who want to be around me and hang out um, and then like lots of hugs too.
0: (laughs) And do you think that that is how you feel loved? Because like, and I hope this question comes out the right way, but like you guys are just natural nurturers. And, you know, it's nice for you to be recognized and, and, and to be in that place where they understand everything because twos are so sacrificial. And so like everyone recognizes what you're sacrificing and just how big your love is. Do you think that's why touch and, and all of those reactions is how you feel loved? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely, like for people to know how much I care about them I get really uncomfortable for people to like acknowledge it so much with words I mean I like I I appreciate people saying nice things to me but it does make me really uncomfortable if people talk about it too much Mm -hmm. I don't like want to be recognized (laughs) for it but especially with my family and my friends I think um for them to like for my kids to want to spend time with me my friends study like for people to want to spend time with me does make me feel like they can tell how much I care about them yeah
2: yeah yeah Yeah. I totally agree with Jess because it's the same with mine just with the gifts and the service like I love getting that reciprocated but I don't want it to be publicized I don't want it to like be shouted from the rooftops and other people to know about it like it's more of a a private thing. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's. Yeah. No, I totally
0: get that. Yeah, no. And, and yeah, no, I think that's like, I think that's so true to a two's nature. Like, I don't know any better way to say that, but like just how much everything means to you. Like, I think that's, that's fantastic information. So you love everyone so big and so well. When are you at a point where you've stretched yourself just too thin? And do you know how to recognize that?
2: I mean, I think we, we sort of That's talked hard. about it a little bit with that eight, like we get very yeah. stressed and we tend to like yeah. snap or like lash out at the people we love. Um, and it's hard for yeah. us to say no to anything. So piling all of that weight. Yeah. I mean, it feels, we feel responsible to help everyone whenever we're asked all the time. And I think just finding a healthy balance of, you know, when to say no and when, what to do, not taking too much responsibility on ourselves. That's so important.
0: So like when you guys are getting in that space, like. Is it sort of like an indicator? Like, do you start feeling bitter or resentful or anything like that?
1: I mean, I think you can for sure. Um, I, when I get to that spot where I feel stretched too thin, I don't do things as (laughs) joyfully as I would normally. (laughs) Like I sort of am like, throwing laundry around instead of just doing the laundry. <laughs> but it's because it's really, honestly, it's really hard for a two to acknowledge that you need help because you want to be the one who helps other people and not the one who's being helped. So it's really, really yeah. hard to go, whether it's to your significant other or friend or work, and say, I have too much on my plate right now because it yeah. feels like mm-hmm. you're failing to ask other people to step in and take something off your plate so that the being stretched too thin is really important for twos to acknowledge, but it's also really hard for twos to mm-hmm. accept. I think.
0: I totally get that. So as an adult, it's really hard to make friends because right now, what we're dealing with, you know, we're not really allowed to go out and do things and social gatherings pretty much aren't happening now. Um, as a two, you understand the importance of relationships and making people feel welcome and things like that. So what advice do you have to everybody else? Um for really cultivating a healthy and genuine friendship to last when, you know, outside barriers are occurring and our circumstances are way beyond our control. And like I said, it's just hard making friends as an adult because your life is so focused on everything else. So what do you think it looks like to cultivate healthy relationships?
1: I think in this season, since we're kind of cut off from people, it's really important to remember that other people still need to be seen, especially moms. Um, It's easy when, like during a time like this, when you kind of have to stay at home, you're with your kids all the time. It's really easy to go to that place where you kind of lose yourself because you're so busy taking care of other people and you can't, you know, just freely go out and, do things on your own or get out with your friends very easily. So I think it's a really important time to, to take a few minutes every day or every week and just kind of reach out to a few people. And it doesn't have to be anything big, but just letting your friends know that you see them, even though you can't really see them in person so much, but just (laughs) sending people a note and saying you're an amazing mom or, um, you know, dropping off cookies at a friend's door, but just, taking those moments to kind of cause right now we're all in this world where our whole world is in our house pretty much uh, because we have to be, <laughs> but just kind of remembering um, that our friends still need us, even though they're not right in front of us. And so that's gone a a long way for me in continuing to cultivate the friendships that really mean a lot to me is just making sure that I'm reaching out to those friends and, like I said, whether it's sending them a gift card to go get a coffee, or it's sending them a book that I saw that made me think of them like a recommendation and just saying, like, I I saw this devotional, or I saw this book, and it made me think of you, you should check it out sometime, you know, little things like that, just to make sure that people know that you do care about them. Because I think that that human connection has been hard to kind of keep and focus outside of our own walls of our houses. So just remembering to reach out and, and support
2: your friends in that way. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I agree with Jess making that effort, being the one to reach out, to call, to do the invitation. That's so important because we have tended to like curl in and focus on just here in our house and our families, which is important. But um, like Jess said, just to remember that other people, might be struggling too. And then also not to focus on investing in too many friendships, because as a two, if we are reaching out to too many people, then we're feeling obligated to almost um, invest in all of those relationships and stretch ourselves too thin. So focusing on a couple really good, deep relationships and investing our time and effort into those Mm -hmm. um, is, is key also to make really deep, good, genuine friendships.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, just to kind of like piggyback on that, I mean, you're giving a piece of yourself to each one of these relationships. And at the end of the day, you have to have something to pour out to your families. Obviously, that's like a base, you know, like that has to be where you're given your best. So I I think those answers are wonderful. So, Understanding all of these things as an adult, what would you say to your 18-year-old self if you could go back to her? Like, you're about to jump out into the world and start this life that you've kind of pictured your whole life. What would you say to that 18-year-old girl, knowing what you know now?
2: (laughs) I guess I would say you don't have to be everything for everyone. Um, That that weight... Is gonna get super heavy, super fast. So, yeah, just t- taking oh, off yeah. that load would mean a whole lot to that person moving forward in college and making a family and um, cultivating those friendships, like we talked about. That would make a huge difference. Yeah, for me, that's awesome. Yeah, I was, I was kind of <laughs> gonna say the same thing. Just,
1: I would want to want to say to shed the weight of other people's expectations, because that's been, oh, yeah, I think something that I, I have to consciously work on that every single day. And it's gotten better than it was when I was 18. But the amount of like, hurt and frustration um that I could have saved myself, if I really felt really strongly to just be who I am and who I was made to be and to serve the people I was made to serve and not try to do like Lauren said, everything for everybody and to worry about what everyone thinks about me for, you know, doing the things I was put on the earth to do. Would have made a huge difference for me Mm. when I was 18.
0: Oh yeah. No, that's, Oh my gosh. Like shedding the weight of everybody else's expectations. I think no matter what number you are, everyone can align with that at some level, um, in our being. Yeah. Thank you guys for saying that because I think again, kind of what you were saying, Lauren, like, I think for a two, it's really hard to make that separation from people and self and it all gets so blurred together that it's really hard to make that distinct like separation. So I love your answers. Now, talking about that 18-year-old girl, let's talk about now. What do you want to be when you grow up? Because what you thought about at 18 probably isn't what actually life looks like. So, what do you want to be when you grow up?
1: <laughs> Man, mine's going to sound so eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> I have this vision okay, of myself. So there's two there's two parts of this and part 1 is um I'm going straight to grandma status. Like that I like daydream yes. about one day being a grandma, a super cool one, though. So, I mean, okay. I want like a I want to have one of those buses that people have, like the renovated <laughs> school bus where I travel yes. the world. I go to my grandkids' yes. soccer games and um I have <laughs> I I've, I've got this whole picture. I have a farm <laughs> that I live on and I like when I'm traveling I'm in my little, you know, super cute bus, but when I'm home, yeah, I have a a huge front porch and I just sit and drink tea and read my <laughs> Bible and like don't have a care in the world. That's, that's yeah. really like my life goal right now. It has gone from I want to have a great career to I just want to be a super cool grandma who loves Jesus spends a lot of time with my grandkids and I have a farm with possibly cows but that's I gotta work on that yeah. with buddy <laughs> girl you're
0: gonna go out and milk those cows and stuff Listen, like
1: I love cows and buddy does not love cows. <laughs> I want cows so bad and so you guys are gonna have to help me convince him that that's part of our vision board cows.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome.
2: That's awesome. Not hey, so everyone, much. For
0: ne- ne- future? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, My answer is not going to be as fun as Jess's. I don't know. I, I never, I always envisioned myself as a mom and a nurse, you know, even from when that 18 year old girl was and I've, and I've done those things, Yeah. but I guess ultimately, what I want to be known for and what I want people to remember is, like, not exactly what I did, but, like, that I that I lo- ultimately loved God and that I loved people and that I loved other people. So, I just – if I can do that with whatever I'm doing, who knows what I'm going to be doing in the next, you know, five, ten years um, but and beyond. Hopefully, I'm a grandma, yeah. too. Maybe not as cool as Jess. But –
1: that's such a good answer. Listen, I forgot to, I forgot to mention cheesecake has to be part of mine too. I, whatever I'm doing when oh, I grow yes. up, I oh, want there yeah. to be a lot of cheesecake.
2: <laughs> well, can yes. we sit on your porch and eat the cheesecake oh, my together? God. Just like, yes,
1: yes, yes,
2: yes. I totally,
0: totally align with that. That's like my <laughs> hashtag old lady goals. And I want the Betty white hair. I have to have the Betty white hair. <laughs>
1: I love that. Like,
0: my grandma had the Betty right <laughs> here, and, like, that's just what I envisioned for myself, and I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> so, you guys kind of touched on this a little bit, um, and, and I'll explain. So, I want to ask you, being a two and being sacrificial and being very others-focused – what do you guys know about Jesus that the rest of us may not? And you kind of unpacked it with, you know, we know that Jesus didn't have a problem going first, going first to ask the hard questions, going first to cultivate the
2: relationships.
0: So you guys are very much like that. What do you know about Jesus that the rest of I was just going to say not? that
2: Jesus was the ultimate too. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: Man, I identify, like, my, my most favorite parts of the Bible are those times when Jesus was the ultimate two, or when God was an ultimate two. I mean, like, giving the world Jesus (laughs) is really, like, the ultimate act of, of of a two, but, um, like the Christmas story, the Easter story, those popular stories, and then all the times in the Bible that Jesus was just um, unafraid to care for the people mm-hmm. that no one else cared about. Um, I, I think is really for me, that's the par- those are the parts of the Bible that really hit close to home for me and will make me cry every time. Because those are my favorite parts, but I think um, I think that's what I love to focus on with Jesus is just that he was really proud and unafraid to love on those that no one else
2: wanted to love on. Oh, I love that. What about you, Lauren?
0: Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. So how do you guys discern when you have Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God, all three in your space? How do you know where you end and he begins?
2: I think that this is hard for the two because we don't take that time for ourselves, but I've really been focusing on just being still and taking that devotion time to just sit and listen and be, you know, in that communal space with God, doing the daily devotions, trying to be in tune with, with gratitude practice. Um, Because we tend to just like, go, go, go and fill our, fill our plates with things for other people. And we have to make time for God. And I haven't done a very good job at that. And I've, I've been trying to do better because that's where we hear him, you know, in that moment where you're sitting and being still, and listening and reading, you know, it's hard, but it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. That's great.
0: What about you? Jess? Yeah, I,
1: t- I totally agree. I think it is hard to sort of turn your brain off from the million things you need to do. Um, and most of those for us are probably for other people, but it's hard to turn that off and be open to listening to hearing that. I know lately God's really spoken to me through psalms. And so my kind of go-to is just to sit down, be quiet, pray, and then open to the psalms. And I will always open and never fails to something that I really need to see and that I really need to read. And so I feel like that's a way that he speaks to me is through that specific book. But it is really hard to know. And I think. For me, I don't know if this is a two thing, but I do, um, I tend to second guess myself with that. Like, was that really, um, Jesus, is this really Jesus, this goal that I'm going after this thing I'm trying to do, or is it me? Because I don't ever want it to be me, but it's hard, you know, especially when it's something that, um, I, I think about like our businesses, that's something that makes us money, you know? So it in a way it almost, when you're trying to figure out, is this him? Is it me? When it's business related, you can fall into that, like you feel selfish thinking, big picture for yourself, you know? And so I think that that part can be hard probably for anybody, um, not just twos, but that part can be difficult. But I think just really sitting still and Mm -hmm. actually taking the time to ask God to speak to you in some way is is big too yeah
0: very nice yeah that's again I think that's something that we can all align with and and I don't know I just think that deep connection that twos can experience that the rest of us can't I just think that's such like a, a wealthy answer so thank you that's awesome guys So we're going to wrap this up because I've kept you guys way longer than we were going to. And I hope you guys are okay to stay for a couple more questions, but I would love to know what advice do you guys have for our friends at home um, that might believe that they're a two, how do they step into that?
1: I say just own it. (laughs) Just um, be unafraid to be that person, to love on other people, to love on the people who don't get enough love, like just to be you and to not feel guilty being you, but also to not let that to take over to the point where you sacrifice uh, your personal or mental health, because that um, happens really easily. So just, I guess my two things would be to be that if you were a two be unafraid to be fully that and second would be to learn the skill of asking for help when you need it or saying no when you need to so that you don't get overwhelmed.
2: I 100% agree. I was going to say, number one, own it. And number two, make sure you take care of yourself. So (laughs) Jess did it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So what do you think, um, like, for the Enneagram in perspective, like,
2: what do you think this offers humans to be better in who they are? Oh, my goodness. I loved reading about the Enneagrams. I mean, it's cool to read about your own and to learn how, you know, how you are and what makes you tick. But it's mm-hmm. it's even cooler to read about all the other ones because you'll be talking to somebody And you'll just be thinking, oh, I think they're a four. Oh, I think they're a nine. And what makes them tick and how they help the world operate and how they think, I think that was the coolest part of it, was hearing about other people's Enneagrams and how um, they deal with things.
1: Yeah, I would say totally to use the Enneagram or really any test like this, whether it's love languages or anything to use it as a chance to step outside of yourself because I think you can have the tendency sometimes to expect other people to give what you give and that's not other people's personality. So for a two, if we're constantly giving, um, it's not fair for us to expect for people to return that and to constantly give to, or, you know, same with your love languages. Not everybody feels loved, um, by spending time with them or by giving them gifts. Um, So just using the Enneagram as a chance to understand yourself better, but also to understand the people around you so that you can love on them and serve them based on what their personality needs.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So what do you think the twos offer the world that no other number does?
1: goodness Mm -hmm. our world needs so much love (laughs) I feel like the twos have it we have it we have all the love and support um I I think that it's just that twos have such a desire to serve other people and um that's I mean that's an awesome like it's hard to talk about ourselves but it's like an awesome thing because people (laughs) like especially just the environment we're living in right now um it, the world is sort of in general there and what we see you know was pushed at us from um like public media and stuff like that it can feel like there's a lack of that, so I think um twos have that like the compassion the empathy the support um that that people need right now yeah
2: i was I was gonna say similar beautiful things and that the world operates where we have the you know the brain and we have the doers and we have all these different parts that work so cohesively and the twos are, are the heart um and and we really like jess said we really need that right now yeah. the lovers of the compassion and all of that so it's a good balance between all of them yeah hmm
0: yeah That's great.
2: So in this
0: crazy world, (laughs) what do you think, like, what do you think the two offers in the aspect of referring to you as the hidden warrior? What do you think the two offers, like, in what seems to be a battle every single day, like, in every little thing and even the most, like, pointless things? It seems like everything's in a state of battle, how do
2: you think the two first is I'm going to go first because I think hum- hidden warrior is Jess to a T like she is <laughs> humble and yet she is strong. I agree. And so like that is, <laughs> I was funny when you said hidden warrior, I was like, yeah. I immediately think of Jess um, doing things for others without expectations, um, just coming <laughs> from that heart of service and love. And um, what comes to mind for the hidden warriors at verse in Philippians um, that do nothing out of selfish, ambi- selfish ambition. What is the rest of that? Um,
0: oh, yeah.
2: And Yeah, it see, is vacancy. Or- um, oh, my humility, gosh. Consider now, I'm totally others better than it. yourselves. Look to the in- not to your own interests, <laughs> yeah. but to the interests of others. So, yes. like that <laughs> hidden warrior, that humble, strong person um, makes me think of that verse. And Jess. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm just
1: gonna sit over here and cry for a
2: while now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, guys, thank you so, so, so much for your time and being so willing to give so much of yourself in this interview. I think everyone, no matter what number, again, they're gonna be so much better for hearing you guys share your heart when. When it's really hard for you guys to just naturally do that. So, thank you so much. I really appreciate yes, it. Thanks
1: for having us, Brittany.
0: Yes, ma'am. So, I want everyone to know how to find you. Let's put your businesses out there, girls. How can we find you?
1: Oh, um, so, my business, uh, I have a website and I'm everrootedfamily.com or on Instagram. Ever rooted family,
2: and then I am at simply joyful awesome. oils on Instagram or Facebook. Awesome! All right,
0: girls, you did it. It wasn't that bad, was it? No, that
2: was fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well, you guys have a super Thanks, fun Brittany. day, and I will chat with you Thanks.
1: later. Thanks, Brittany.
0: Alright, guys, wasn't that great? Jessica and Lauren are amazing women, and I'm so grateful to know them. Um, and everything that they shared in this episode, I know took a lot out of them. Um, so I really hope that this helped to encourage you a little bit more in your walk of life. You can find me at Humble Yoke on Facebook. Um, That is where my podcast community is, and I would love to have you there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, Um, and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast so that way you know when the newest episodes are up and ready to listen to. And I would also love if you could tell your friends about this, if it encouraged you. It's all about bringing information and helping us all feel like it's okay to be a little bit messy, and there's plenty of room at the table for all of us. Thanks guys. You have a great day and I'll see you soon.